Welcome to the Be Free RE podcast, where you learn how to make your job optional. I'm your host, John, who's just getting started on his journey. But in the last year, I moved across the country, bought four apartments, make money as a landlord, no longer pay rent, and I have my first child. I'm joined by your co-host and my guide, Tony Angotti, who in five years quit his job and now manages over 80 units through a combination of house hacks, flips, and partnerships. So with that, let's jump into how you can do less of what you have to do and more of what you want to do. That's all. I don't have any stupid situations that I care to discuss today. Do you have any stupid situations that you care to discuss before we get into an incredibly stupid situation that I found out about on the internet? Oh, that sounds like a very good Florida tenant. Um, no. <laughs> yes. Just updating everyone on how things went from last week. We got our appraisal back and we have a bunch of equity. So I highly recommend that people do forced appreciation on a house hack. It, uh, it's fantastic. And I have to say thank you, Tony, because you're the one that turned us on to the deal in the first place. So Thanks. Appreciate it. So you going to get most of your, uh, are you going to pull cash out then? Or are you just going to refinance for the rate and leave the equity in? It's a good question. We're actually kicking that around. I think we might just do a HELOC even though we're there. Okay. Because we want the payment to be low and we're not exactly, we don't like need, need the money. We'd rather have it as a line of credit essentially. But uh, yeah, I mean, kind of the simple math is the place is going to be grossing about 1500 a month and we have something like 15000 left in the property. Uh, nice. If we were to refi it all out, which so we're, we're extremely happy. And I think the other very encouraging news is I did a lot of the work myself uh, and it appraised pretty well. So take that you fo- to my critics. <laughs> you fooled him. You fooled the appraiser. Well, yeah, something like that. Not really. I guess I guess spray painting fans black turns out pretty well. I should have never criticized you. Yeah, I'll let you know on uh, our other property that's still in the process. I'll let you know how that one comes back. So for two, I love it. If we're two for two on spray painted fans, then I'm spray painting fans black but i'm using rustolio i'm not saving a dollar per can anyway fine speaking of somebody that can't save a dollar per can i have we're gonna we're gonna talk about this florida situation here florida tenant um 80 not knowing what to do perhaps 20 percent semi-useful advice at the end so i read about this on the internet okay i'll give the credit to tickled.com <laughs> the statement is so this guy gets evicted for non-payment so far pretty normal landlord stories but instead of trashing the place like most upstanding citizens do he cut out small chunks of drywall put dead fish in the walls and sealed them back up fortunately he did a pretty good job feathering the drywall because no one noticed that there were small holes in the walls with dead fish in them yeah there's the crazy part so then the even crazier part is broski landlord here that goes through doesn't uh, apparently do a very very uh solid move out inspection so then he continues the story by saying new tenants moved in and they couldn't figure out where the smell was coming from for weeks oh. they got the they got the place professionally cleaned four or five times searched endlessly for the smell they found nothing eventually they figured something must have died in the walls and figured out what had happened wow <laughs> I guess lesson number one is um, don't piss off a dude that works at the fish counter at the grocery store, I guess. Uh. Yeah, especially <laughs> if he knows how to hot patch drywall. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah, right? That's... I mean, you should be hiring this guy. It sounds like he did a pretty uh, solid job patching yeah. up these walls. I mean, you could be paying this guy to do handiwork instead of getting evicted for non-payment. Anyway, 
I think that one of the important lessons here is you need to do your walkthroughs before you list the pro like you need to do some sort of walkthrough before the people move in. I feel like if I feel like there's probably a walkthrough skipped here. I mean, I find it hard to believe that this guy got evicted and then the next day new tenants moved in. You know what I mean? That's uh not really how it happens. Usually people get evicted you got to clean the place up and then you um and then you got to market it and then people move in. So there's usually a period of like, I don't know, at least a few weeks in between. Right. Yeah. So you should have someone you trust do the walkthrough. I mean, by a few weeks, you I would assume that some smelly fish would have come up. Right. Yeah, I think it was you that was saying, I mean, you said this about your house acts, but, you know, you'll like go in there and, you know, take a shower. Take a shower. Yeah, like, you know, use the place a little bit just to, that's how you kind of figure out what's jacked up. But yeah, uh, boy. That's, that is some like, that's I, I, I sadly respect the the owning that this guy did. He just like, this is a gigantic, awesome middle finger, but also this takes some skilled evil <laughs> Yeah. maneuver yes but uh hopefully, yeah hopefully he'll use his powers for good in the future here <laughs> probably not but that's okay um any event lesson here is do your walkthroughs before people actually move in yeah uh man all right well with that we're gonna jump back into keep working down our instagram dms so we got one from joey d uh let's see where he's from new york says hope you guys are doing well appreciate the answering my question i'm 25 been working in commercial real estate for three years now i have 65k saved up but no job um i want to do a burr my brother has a job and will partner with me having about 100k of reserve capital would you say that it's possible for me to do a burr right now or should i get a paying job and then wait until i have that to do my burr thanks again hmm, hmm. i think that there's a lot here with the uh, be free RE principles where you should really come at real estate investing, as we've said many times, from a position of financial strength, not one of hardship. And you have a pretty good reserve with $65,000. But even if your brother is going to partner with you, you really shouldn't be stretching, stretching your personal self thin to get into this. So I'm of the opinion that you should get yourself a job first, even if that's just like a basic job that helps cover your your life expense even if it's like uber or something you should definitely be doing something to bring money in rather than gambling everything on hoping this stuff pans out real estate investing done right shouldn't be gambling and this sounds a lot like gambling with your life savings which sounds like it's a good way to get burned i don't know yeah for me there's like a couple questions which is you know what does 65k represent for you like in terms of how many months of runway do you have so if you have student loan debt and a car payment and maybe another mortgage already, you know, that's very different than I'm living in my brother's house, right? And uh, I don't even pay for groceries or I live with my parents or whatever. So a little more context, I think, would help assess like how risky this really is. But I mean, here's the truth about all Burr like questions is like, can you get the deal, right? Because if you can get the deal, then you're good to go and you can do it. 
I don't know if I would recommend it full time, like Tony said. Depends on your situation, but you know, if you don't have a deal and you just have some money and an idea, yeah, I think you know you're not going to have a plan B, and you're going to be forced into like buying a deal. I'm guessing this is going to be your first deal. That's what it sounds like, anyway. So you're just going to be biting off a lot. You're going to have all this like pressure to buy a place right away. You know, imagine yourself one month from now after spending, let's say, ten thousand dollars or something on marketing and whatever else you're doing, and then you're starting to get nervous. So then you buy a place not because you want to and you think it's a great deal because you feel like you have to if you don't have any income and then it has to work out and it has to burn perfectly. Oh, and by the way, is anyone going to lend to you? Because now you have less money. So I'd be very, very careful about being all in unless you need to be. You know, sometimes you have to be all in on something, but uh, being between a rock and a hard place isn't, it's not going to be fun. It's going to be very stressful. But if you make it out alive, it'll be a great story. <laughs> I guess actually in this scenario, when I think about this critically, like what would I do if there was no way of me getting a job? Like say you have $65,000, you're just out of jail from like a felony or something and you just can't really right. get a job. I, I don't know. It's very difficult. Um, I think in that case, I wouldn't really even be focusing on a bird deal. I'd be focusing on trying to flip something because you need like, yeah, you right. need money coming in. So you could either put that $60,000, $65,000 towards like marketing, wholesaling or getting some education that gets you into a like some sort of job that's like self-employed whether that's something around real estate or not around real estate, basically do something with it that can get you cash a little bit faster because rentals are ultimately even the burst strategy. It's like a get rich slow game. So I mean, yeah. if you don't if you don't if you don't have something else bringing money in, you're just going to put this 65k into something. And then even if it works out perfectly, you're still not going to see your money back until 12 months from now. Yeah, six at the best. So yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know where you are, uh, like in the country. You're from New York, but I don't. It's a big state, and uh, yeah, I guess Syracuse. Like, Syracuse. All right. Well, that's. I got some family there. So what I heard recommend, if that is your case and you're 25 and you don't have like kids or something, is yeah, you can use that 65 to maybe buy a place uh, for cheap and start renting out the rooms and making sure that you have all that dialed in, and then that way you can lower your monthly rent, and then maybe you can even move in with your brother and you just have the place completely rented out all in something like that that would be uh that would be my ad advice on like, just lower your burn rate as much as possible if you don't have a full-time job but yeah i don't i don't think like a burr right now those those two terms aren't really compatible because there's a i always forget what the word is but you have to wait six months so there is no quote-unquote right now right that's solid advice i don't have anything else to add really yeah well listen up or else joey d yeah <laughs> uh, yeah i don't know um Great. Well, with that, Tony, let's roll into something that you learned this week. You need to be doing your annual or twice annual walkthroughs or your property manager needs to be doing them. I recently was in a property where the tenant is breeding reptiles Whoa. and raising fruit flies to feed said reptiles. Whoa. And I can't say that they're selling the reptiles, but this place is like full of reptile tanks. And it's like, what do you do now? Right? I mean, you can't push to evict. However, if you would have caught this at the beginning, they uh, probably wouldn't have taken it as far. <laughs> but you basically need to make sure you're checking in on your tenants or they might start
are growing reptiles. Uh, a serious question. Are you going to include like some kind of pet limit on your leases in the future? You're only supposed to have the pets that are listed on your application. So if someone applied and said, I have 50 bearded lizards, I would probably say, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had somebody once say that they had like eight cats and two dogs or something. And the pet fee is like $50 per pet. So, I mean, nobody's going to pay that, right? Like, yeah, that's $500 a month in pet fees is like way, I don't know. Yeah, was, that's too much. I was going to ask, are you going to send this person like a backdated bill for $6,000 of <laughs> overdue pet fees? At least they're not tarantulas. But yeah, I went into a building uh, a while back too, and they had like tarantula tanks. And I was just like, I uh, don't think I'm going to tour this unit. So yeah. Yeah, that's horrifying. What I learned is if you're going to paint the exterior of your property, uh, spend a little extra money and use paint with elasticizers in them. So we were planning to use maintenance paint, which is like super high VOCs, $17 for five gallons or something. And my partner slash wife talked me out of that. We got much more expensive paint, but the coverage on it is so much better. We can already tell it's going to last so much longer. And, uh, you know, we had to pressure wash the walls and scrape the walls and do all this prep. You know, paint is like 90% prep work and then the other 80% is not cut is cutting it correctly. So <laughs> it's, you know, spend a little extra on, you know, don't cut every single corner with uh, costs. You know, you have to think about things from like, how long is this supposed to last? And then what am I paying per year to not do this job again? Because if, nice. you're, if you're like me anyway, sometimes you're like in the store and you're like, oh, I'm going to save, you know, whatever, $10 right now. And then next thing you know, you're out there doing the job again, swearing under your breath. So... Where do you find $17 for five gallon maintenance paint? Uh, I should look up what the actual price is, but... Uh... Yeah, that's really cheap. However, I think we found a new sponsor. Cabinet Jacks on the outs. Elasticizers, step right up, because you're yeah. the new sponsor of the Be Free RE podcast, brought yeah. to you by Elasticizers, ABC Incorporated. Sherwin-Williams, to put out the plug, actually. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't need to give them free advertising. Our our, our gigantic listener group uh, will... They'll get a bump. Yeah. We're gonna Thousand Yeah, your sure your Sherwin Williams stock just went up ten cents. There you go. That's that's what our listeners don't really know. We don't run ads because we actually just buy stocks ahead of time and then pump it on the show. That's the kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of influence we have. Brought uh, to you by Enron. Yeah. Oh yeah. This podcast is inspired by Jim Kramer. Uh there anyway. you go uh all right well with that everybody uh yeah. call us with questions yeah 412-212-8366 the more ridiculous the better yeah. yeah that's right and keep your burn rate low make sure you're checking your tennis for florida man fish wall situations and uh <laughs> what else can i say live by the principles <laughs> all right see everyone